Chapter Three of Biography of Muhammad Jibakwakwa by Samuel Moore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: Appearance and Situation of the Country. It is rather difficult to give a very correct account of the geography of that part of Africa described as the birthplace of Muhammad, but it must be situate somewhere between ten and twenty degrees north latitude and near the meridian of Greenwich. It is situated in the peninsula formed by the great bend of the river Niger. Up to the time that Muhammad was, forced from home and all its pleasures, the foot of the white man had not made its first impression upon the soil. Therefore, the facts, matters, and things hereby related will be the more interesting to all those whose hearts and souls are turned toward the wants and woes of that portion of the globe. The city of Zugu is in the midst of a most fertile and delightful country. The climate, though exceedingly hot, is quite healthy. There are hills and mountains, plains and valleys, and it is pretty well watered. About a mile from the city, there's a stream of water, as white as milk and very cool, and not far from that there is a spring of very cold water, also quite white. The residents often go from the city thence for water. It is not in the midst of a wilderness, as some suppose, but there are some quite extensive plains, covered with very tall rank grass, which is used by the people to cover their houses after the fashion of thatching. On these plains there are but few trees, but what there are are of great size. And here also roams the elephant the lion, and other wild animals common to the torrid zone. There are two kinds of elephants, one very large, called Yaquintakari, the other small, called Yaquintachana. The teeth of the elephant lie scattered about in abundance all over the plains, and can be collected in any quantity. The natives use the teeth to make musical instruments, which they call kafa. The city itself is large, and surrounded by a thick wall, built of red clay, and made very smooth on both sides. The outer side of the wall is surrounded by a deep moat or ditch, which in the rainy season is filled with water. Beyond this, the city is further protected by a hedge of thorns, grown so thickly and compactly together that no person could pass through them. It bears a small white blossom, and when in full bloom, looks exceedingly beautiful. The king's palace, if it may be so called, is within the city wall, at some little distance from the principal part of the city, surrounded by what in some countries would be called a park, on a most extensive scale, at the back of which is a dense thicket, precluding the necessity of any protecting wall on that side of the royal domain. A broad avenue leads from the city to the king's house, with an extensive market on either side, beautifully shaded with large overhanging trees. The people of America can have no idea of the size and beauty of some of the trees in Africa, particularly in the cities where they stand a good distance apart, by that means having the best chance of attaining their full growth. 
There is a tree called the bonton, which grows to a very great height, but the branches do not spread so wide as some others. It is very beautiful. The entrance into the city is through six gates, which bear the names of their respective keepers, something similar to the city of London and most of the old fortified towns in England, and indeed of most parts of the old country. These gatekeepers are chosen from their courage and bravery, and are generally persons of rank. It may perhaps instruct as well as amuse our young friends, who may read this work, to know their names, and on that account we will give them. 1. Ubu Makofa 2. Forokofa 3. Baparahakofa 4. Batulukofa 5. Palamonkofa 6. Ajago Kofa The word Kofa means gate, and Ba means father. Ajaga is the name of a woman whose son was noted for his valor. In times of war, these gates are strongly guarded, hence the necessity of having chosen men of known valor and courage to keep them. The houses are built of clay, low and without chimneys or windows. The following description of one of the dwellings will give a pretty accurate idea of the generality of the houses of the city. A dwelling is composed of a number of separate rooms built in a circle, with quite a space between them. Within the outer circle is another circle of rooms, according to the size of the family to occupy them. These rooms are all connected by a wall. There is one large or main entrance in front of the others, in which to receive company. Each family is surrounded by their own dwelling, so that, when they are in any apartment, they cannot see any other dwelling or anyone passing or repassing. In consequence of this mold of building, the city occupies a very large space of ground. There is a regularly appointed watch to the city, who are paid by the king, he also acting as chief magistrate over the watch. End of chapter 3